There is nothing impossible for him. Well, thank you for sharing that. Awesome. All right. Well, let's get into the word. What do you guys say? Amen. Amen. Hebrews 11. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. I want to welcome all those watching online around the world right now. Welcome to Cairo, Michigan. Amen. Living Waters Chapel. God is good. Man, he's doing a work in this place. Amen. I'm telling you. I mean, wherever you come here, get lit on fire and go out wherever you go. Right. We're drawing people from over 50 miles radius of this place. So God's doing a work. So praise God. All right. Here we go. And if you're not on fire yet, just keep going. Amen. Sometimes it takes a couple times they to light you up. Amen. But I promise you, if you keep coming, you will get lit up. Trust me. Amen. All right. Hebrews 11, 24 through 26. Let's start with here. It says, by faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy, here it is, the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than treasures in Egypt. For he looked to the reward. Now go with me to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. I got a powerful message for you today. They'll straighten us out. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. We all need it, even me. Come on. James 1, 12 through 18. It said, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, brings forth death. Or separation from God. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good, I love this, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And it comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we might be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. Today I want to talk about this, the testing of your faith. The testing, I got to tell you right now, let me just say this, because... If you hear the, t- the title and you're like, oh, you're kind of checking out, you know, mentally on that. Let me tell you something. I wish I would have heard a message like this when I first got born again. I wish I would have heard this. So I'm telling you right now, pay attention. See, here's the deal. It is not in the good times when your faith is put to the test, but in the trials, in the storms of life. Amen. Trials and tribulation. Have you figured this out yet? Are you breathing? Because here's the deal. Trials and tribulations have a way of squeezing you and in and, and revealing what's in your heart. Amen? What comes out? It's in the storms of life when you're in the squeeze. Sure, when everything's good, everything's, you know, you're just cruising along, everything's wonderful. Bank account's fat. Oh, yeah, we're good, right? Beware. Come on, somebody. Trials and tribulations, they do have a way now of of exposing hard attitudes. Listen to this. The Holy Spirit said this. Your attitude toward God and his plan determines your altitude. Your attitude determines your altitude. If you're going to live life in the flesh, guess what kind of experience you're going to have on this earth? The flesh. 
But if you're going to maintain an attitude of willing and obedient to God's plan, that's when you, come on, you're going to gain altitude because we sit with Christ in heavenly places, right? That's when your experience is going to match that instead of being down here. Amen? If you have a weakness in your life, your character will rise to the top in the trials of life. If your heart attitudes and motives are truly pure, that will be revealed in the fire of the trials. I mean, you know, there are fire. Trials are like a fire. Amen? It's in those storms of life, in the trials and storms of life, when it reveals how much of the Word is in us. When that squeezes on, what comes out of your mouth? Come on, somebody. In other words, it'll show how much trust, how much strength, how much comfort you truly draw from the Word of God. Like I said, it's so easy when things are going good, right? Oh, you're just confessing away. You're doing everything great. But when the trial comes, oh, what's going on? You, you, you know, you're, you're speaking death over your situation. You're speaking negativity over your life. Come on. It's in the trials of life, all right? I'm talking about the testing of your faith today. All right. It doesn't matter how much of the Bible you have memorized. What matters is how much of it you put into practice in your life. Go with, look at me. Uh, go to James 1, 2, and 3. James 1, 2, and 3. Look at this. James 1, 2, and 3. It says this. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. See, this is heaven's mindset right here on trials. This is the spiritual mindset. Are you right? Count it all joy. God, are you is, are you crazy? What are you talking about? If I'm going through a trial, I'm not counting it all joy. That, why? Because you're in the flesh. Now, here's the deal. You can count it all joy because there is a scripture in this book for every problem you're ever going to encounter. And if you stand on it, you will come through victoriously. I don't know if you know this or not, but. The whole life on this earth is a test. Oh, you didn't hear him. Come on, somebody. This whole life is a test. I don't know about you. I hate tests. I'm a pilot, and I've taken so many tests, I don't even want to see another one in my whole life. I hate them. But this is a test for the world which is to come. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect or complete or mature work in you, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, so many Christians run away from God in in the trials. Have you done that? You ever gone through a trial and and for some reason, I I tell you right now, God is the most falsely accused being on the face of this earth, in this whole universe. Every, for some reason, everyone wants to blame God. He has nothing to do with it. When we get into a mess, it's either the devil coming against us or we've opened the door. Every good and perfect gift comes from the, from God above and comes down. Remember, we just read that. Amen. For some reason, people love to blame God. Stop it. Say, I'm not going to blame God anymore. That's right. See, they're not viewing this from the Word's perspective. If we would follow the instructions in the book, in the Word of God, the results of our trials and tribulations would be more positive. See, we make it so hard on ourselves when we run away from God. This is a test of the emergency broadcast system. Yeah. Isn't that annoying when you're watching something else? Right at the perfect part. I hate that. But let me say this. 
this is a test. We are living. This is a test. Everything you go through. Now, I'm not saying everything's from God. What I'm saying is when you do, when an attack from the enemy comes, when an attack from a person comes, listen, it's a test in the sense of this. God is watching how you're going to respond to it. That's the test. Amen? But we, we harbor wrong attitudes. We, we have a lack of faith. We forfeit the help that God wants to bring our way during the storms of life. The Word of God says that we are to count it all joy when we fall into various trials. Now look at verse 4 here. And it talks about patience. Patience is very important. Faith and, and uh, patience are twins. You can't have one without the other. Why? Because faith is carrying you from the point when you, when you believe for something until you receive it. So there's a waiting period. Say waiting period. For that waiting period, that's where patience carries you through. Faith and patience are twins. You can't have one without the other. Okay? Now, someone can have patience with no faith. <laughs> Hello? Amen? Someone can have patience and have absolutely no faith. Okay? But look at this. James 1.4 says this. Like we read, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Patience is not just some passive thing. Listen to me now. Patience is not some passive response to a trial, but rather a positive steadfastness when your faith is being tested. It's, it's a so patience is a positive thing. It's, it's not just something you're just letting the devil beat you up and all this. No, 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 no. It, it's, it's steadfastness. Stay, say steadfastness. You're staying steadfast in the Word of God. You're believing that God's not going to leave you in this thing, but He's going to pull you out of the pit. Amen? It's when you know your... Here's what it is. Here's when, how patience is beautiful. It's when you know your Heavenly Father so well. You know him so well that he's not going to forsake you in the middle of the storm. Remember when Jesus, he was in, on the boat with the disciples and the storm rose up. Jesus was in the boat sleeping. They woke him up panicking, right? And then, so Jesus rebukes the storm and stops it. But I find something real interesting. He rebuked the disciples, said, what, you know, what are you waking me up for? You do something about it. Oh my gosh. You know, here's the deal. Jesus is in the boat. But he still expects you to do something about it. Come on. But you listen, so you're going you're gonna to endure, endure some things, but you've got to believe you're going to come out victorious out of these things, all right? So biblical patience means this, that you can view it from the circumstance of God's perspective, the perspective of the word, not from the flesh, okay? It's all about perspective, all right? Remember I told you before, I used the example of if you go to New York City and stand in front of a skyscraper, you're on the sidewalk, and you look up, you're like, my goodness, that's huge, right? But take that same skyscraper from a satellite view. That thing looks, you can't even see the thing. See, we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. If we maintain a spiritual mindset, we're viewing, then we can view situations from that satellite view instead of standing right in front of it where it looks huge. Are you following me? It's all about perspective. Say perspective. See, so some trials are tests from God. You know, God will send some things into your life sometimes. Now, I'm not saying he uses the devil. I'm not saying that. Here's, here's the deal. Listen to this. Sickness and disease, no, he's not using that because Jesus dealt with those things on the cross. Are you following me? 
All right? Jesus dealt with those things. But God will put you in situations to test your heart sometimes. Say heart check. This life, there is a heart check going on. Amen? Some things are from the enemy, like I said. Some things are just from things that we were just stupid and, and we opened the door. Amen? And there are consequences. But you're still being watched on how you handle everything in your life. Now, listen to this. Go to Acts 27. Acts 27. The apostle uh, Paul and the crew on the ship, they ignored a warning from the Holy Spirit. Let me show you something here. Acts 27. Acts chapter 27, verses 20 through 26. Let's take a look at that. When the Holy Spirit warns you of something, you better pay attention. Because if you don't, you're bringing a whole bunch of consequences into your life. And you better not be blaming God for it. Are you hearing me? The Holy Spirit is always there to warn us. He is there to warn us. Take heed. Okay? Look at this. Now when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small tempest or storm beat on us, all hope that we would be saved finally given up. But after long abstinence of food, uh, then Paul stood in the midst of the storm and said, Men, you should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. Paul saying, The Holy Ghost showed me we shouldn't have even been on this boat. You idiots! Well, Paul, what are you doing on the boat, right? (laughs) I mean, right? He's blaming them, but what's he doing on there, right? Look at this, verse 22. And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For Why? Why, Paul? How can you be so calm? For there stood by me this night an angel of God, to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying... Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar, and indeed God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. However, we must run aground on a certain island. So, verse 21 reveals that the Holy Spirit did indeed try to warn them, all right? Thank God for his mercy to pull us out of the pit when we do make a dumb mistake. How many of you have, you, you made a wrong decision and, and somehow God turned it around when you put your heart back in line with him? Amen. And verses 22 through 26 shows us that God sent an angel to Paul saying, hey, look, okay, you're going to have a rough night here, guys, right? You're going to have a rough time here, but there's not going to be any loss of life. The boat, yeah, it's out of here. Okay, you're going to have to make another one, but there's not going to be a loss of life, right? All right. And he said, for I believe God that it will be just as you told me. So some of you are saying, yeah, well, you know, Paul had an angel visit him during that trial and, and that, you know, gave him strength. And, he, and some people say, well, if what I'm going through right now, if God sent an angel to me right now and told me something, you know what? I'll change. I'll change. I'll, it'll be all right. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. Because this is where you're getting tripped up. Because you have, the, you have something even more than Paul has. You have the sure written word of God. You have the will of God right here in this book. And if you're not taking strength and comfort with what God says in it, come on somebody. That's why people can see miracle signs and wonders and and, and they get healed and then they go live like the devil again. Because there's no foundation on the word of God. 
Thank God for miracle signs and wonders and healings. We're believing that, right? We're, we're starting to see it in our healing service. Be there next Saturday, by the way. A little plug. But that's we got to be based on the Word of God. Your faith can only be anchored in the Word of God. Amen? If you don't believe the promises in the Word of God, an angel's not going to make a difference either. Now, I want you to notice that those men still had to go through that. The angel came and gave them a message, but guess what? They still had to endure some hardship, didn't they? All right? So God doesn't necessarily bring you, deliver you from a trial many times, but he will give you the strength to go through it to the other side. Because how many of you know, it's not going to last forever. Seasons change. Say seasons change. All right. Luke 16, 27 through 31, Lazarus, uh, talks about Lazarus and the rich man. You remember that account? It talks about the rich man was in hell and wanted Lazarus to be raised from the dead and warn his family not to come to hell. He, you remember that account? All right. The rich man in, in Lazarus, he wanted him to be raised from the dead and say, you know, go to my family and tell them, <laughs> you better start believing in God because I don't want you to come to this place. And Abraham said this, he said, if they won't believe the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if someone's raised from the dead. Are you following me? Say the word of God is so important. Yes, God could send you an angel in the midst of your trial. The same God that parted the Red Sea, he can do it for you if you needed it to happen. Amen. He's the God of miracles. Amen. What he did in the word, he'll do it today. All right. But let, you know, let him decide how he's going to help you through that trial. Amen? People are always looking for the sensational, but they overlook the supernatural. They overlook the promises that are in the Word of God. Amen? We have to get back to the Word of God. Crack it open. Start reading what belongs to you. Start speaking the Word over that trial. Amen? Amen. All right? Another trial that Paul went through, Paul and Silas, uh, they got thrown in prison because they cast a demon out of a girl, out of a psychic. A, a girl had a spirit of divination, cast it out. She was no good to her masters anymore. She wasn't making money. Kind of sounds like Hollywood, doesn't it? They take you in, spit you out if they're no good to them, right? That's, that's the enemy, right? But anyways, they cast the demon out of this girl. She was no good to her masters. She said, nah, they're not, she's not making any money anymore. So they, they seen Paul and Silas cast the demon out and they threw them in prison. All right. Did they complain about that? No. You want to know what they did? They were in their jail cell and they started praising God in the midst of that jail. They started praising him. They didn't get bitter at him. They didn't start blaming God, right? Because they know this and you need to know this too. When you stand up for the Lord Jesus Christ, there will be persecution. There will be trials. Amen. But their circumstances change. Why? Because they maintain the right heart attitude. Mm. Oh, wait, wait to where I'm going with this, all right? You're going to really like this, all right? But will you praise God in your trial or will you abandon him? Whatever you're going through right now, are you going through a trial? How are you handling it? This is a test right now. God is watching how you're handling it. And guess what? The devil's watching it too. And guess what? Both kingdoms are standing by and they're waiting. They're waiting. Okay. All right. What words are coming? God, why'd you do this to me? Oh, kingdom of darkness is loosed in your life now. 
Oh, I'm never going to get through this. Oh, another demon is loosed in your life to have havoc. Or you could say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I condemn this thing. Then the angels say, all right, you invited me in. I'm in this now. I'm going to turn it around. See, if Paul and Silas would have, would have complained in prison, if they would have just kept their mouth shut, they would have stayed and died in prison probably. So many Christians are in a spiritual prison right now. Oh my, oh, I just, whoo, I just hit a bullseye in the spirit right there. Many Christians are in a spiritual prison right now because you're blaming God. You have a horrible heart attitude instead of seeing it from that satellite view. You're standing in the flesh in front of this thing and it looks huge. Do you know what God we serve? Gosh, he's just waiting for us to start praising him. I'm telling here's a word right now. If you're going through a trial, a circumstance, you're, you're having lack in your life, some start praising God in that prison you're in right now. Start praising him. God, whatever comes, here's what God loves to hear. You ready for this? God, whatever comes my way, I'm going to serve you no matter what. No matter what. I will serve you until I take my last breath on this earth, devil. Or, <laughs> devil, get out of here. Uh, no, no, no. I didn't. What I meant to say was devil. No, we're not going to serve you. Jeez. You get rolling and then you make a mistake. But no. Jesus, I'm going to serve you until I take my last breath. It's all about him. Amen? Man, boy, I, I could hear a pin drop after that one. <laughs> Go to 1 Peter chapter 1. Well, at least you guys are awake, so that's a good thing. Uh, huh? Yeah, that was a test of the emergency broadcast system. Thank you. My goodness. All right, so, but you've got to know this, that God does not, not tempt any person with sin, okay? He doesn't tempt any person with sin. That's coming from the flesh or from the devil, okay? So God is never going to do that. But listen, like I said, he will send individuals. He will send people into your life uh, to test your heart. God, I'm telling you right now, he will test your heart. And guess what? And it will delay the will of God from, from coming forth in your life. So 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. Look at this. It said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, Though now, here it is, though now for a little while, if need be, you have need, you, you are grieved by various trials. That the genuineness, underline that, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to the praise honor and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible, inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Here's what the devil wants you to do. The devil wants you to just 
complain in the midst of your trial. Because here's, listen to this, complaining is praise and worship to the enemy. Did you know that? Compl- you know, just how we praise and worship God. God, you are amazing. You are awesome. Jesus, I love you. Complaining is music to the ears of the devil and demons. Come on. You got, I'm telling you right now. We need to get a a perspective on this. No matter what comes, hell or high water, we need to stick with the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to stick with the Word of God. Amen? The trials that you suffer for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ, listen, is well worth the hassle. You need to keep your eyes on the prize. I'm convinced of this, that there are some in here and some listening to me on the internet today that constantly go from one trial to another for this reason. They failed the test. They failed the test. They act, they're acting like the children of Israel in the wilderness because their hearts are hard, hardened and refuse to deal, deal with the heart issues of their life. That's why, that's why I preach so much about the heart. Because the heart, is it, 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 out of it spring, it says, the issues of life. Everything we go through. And I'm convinced there's some people that are going through trials today because they failed the test. And I found something out about God. You ready for this? He gives retest. Remember this. The length of the wilderness journey in your life depends on your willingness to deal with the hindrances in your heart and life. The children of Israel, listen to this. The children of Israel did not have to circle the mountain Okay, uh, 40 years in the wilderness. Do you know? Do you want to know something? They circled it for 40 years because their hearts were hardened and they disobeyed God. That's the only reason. Listen to this, something that's going to blow your mind. Do you know how, much, how long the journey was from where they started to where they wanted to go? Do you want to know how long the journey should have took? 11 days. 11 days turned into 40 years. Because their hearts were hardened and they disobeyed God. And this brings me to this point right here. How long, let's bring this into our life, our level right now. How long have we delayed our journey into the promised land, into the will of God, into our destiny? Because we had a hardened heart and we disobeyed God. Some people use the excuse, well, it's just not God's timing that. It's God's timing yet. Wrong. You just didn't pass the test yet. You're circling that mountain and God's trying to work these things out of your heart. Come on, somebody. It should have took 11 days. 11 days turned into 40 years. My goodness. The wilderness is God's testing grounds for the Christians. Say wilderness. When I refer to the wilderness, I'm talking about a place Uh, a place where there are things in our heart and life that need to be dealt with, all right? It's God's testing ground. I like to sometimes say it's God's spiritual boot camp, all right? Uh, Not that God caused trials, but he's watching us how we handle these things, right? All right, if we're holding bitterness in our heart, if we're holding unforgiveness in our heart, these are all things that are going to hinder us from moving into our destiny, amen? Amen. It's not an easy place to be. It's a horrible place to be at times. The wilderness journey can be a very, sometimes a lonely place. It's, it's a place where you're stretched to the max, okay, in the natural. But God is watching to see if you're going to be obedient and remain faithful to him, all right? If you don't pass the test, you'll go around again. 
You'll go around again. Say, I, I don't want to go around again. <laughs> All right. Here's the deal. Quite often, here's what happens with the, the wilderness journey. This, if, you're, if you feel like you're going through the wilderness journey, listen to this. Quite often, this wilderness journey takes place before the Lord opens up a new season of life or ministry to you. Okay? So, listen. So, the time when you depart from something, one thing, here's the the next season here, and it's a transition point here. And that transition point is the wilderness journey. (laughs) Let me tell you this. Okay, so... I, I obviously was a pilot. I, I flew co-pilot on a, a jet down in Pontiac area, Waterford. But I felt the desire. I have had the desire to get back in full-time ministry for a very long time. And I wasn't satisfied. Yeah, it's cool going coast to coast. I'm in a jet, whatever. But I, I had the desire to get back into full-time ministry, right? So there was an opportunity where I had a chance to quit flying, because in the past, I've made it an idol in my life. Okay, I just did. All right. Um, I had a chance to quit flying, and a job opened up for FedEx to do customer service. And I went from making really good money to not good money. Really not good money, okay? But this, I seen this as an opportunity. I felt the Holy Ghost all over this because this new job was a transition point that I seen that would allow me to do ministry more because I was on call 24-7 with a pager, you know, two in the morning, three in the morning. Oh, got to go to North Carolina. Uh, You can't, I couldn't do any kind of ministry for a long time. So, so this transition point came and I felt the Holy Ghost all over it. But in the natural, it made no sense. What? I'm going to be going backwards? This is a test. Oh, my, my, my. James, are you going to make jets and money an idol in your life and forsake the call of God? Or are you going to be willing to take this job that you're not going to make that great of money for who knows how long? All as I know is I felt God all over this FedEx opportunity. And I was in this opportunity for a year and a half. And guess what opened up? Here we are. Here we are right now. So what I'm saying is, if I would have stayed in that seat in the jet, I would not be here ministering today and making a huge mistake on the wording earlier. Okay? (laughs) Yeah, that's going to stick with me for a while. Okay? But, (laughs) But anyways, what I'm saying is, so, you know, If you're in the flesh and looking at things, you could easily said, "Oh, you're going to go back making this much money to this. You're not. How are you going to provide for your family?" But you know what? I had peace on the inside. It's a transition. So that 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 year and a half was a wilderness journey for me. And guess what I did during that time? I had good hours and all that. I started doing revival meetings down in Oxford in the church. I started doing revival and healing meetings down there, and I kept going. And, and one day, Marianne found uh, this, uh, this opportunity on the website. She said, man, you, may, you might want to take a look at their website. You know, they got, you got a Holy Ghost church up there in Carroll looking for a pastor. Wow, how God works. Amen. Wow. So don't judge things by the outward appearance. You better take it to prayer because how you handle that year and a half 
that wilderness journey will affect your whole destiny. Now we got revival to spark in this region. Amen? How you act, how you respond, how faithful you are to God, how faithful you are in the place that He has called you to be is going to determine if you're promoted or not. I've seen it so many times where uh, people, you know, in in churches, you know, if they're volunteering with something and they want to be promoted, they want a higher thing, but they're not being faithful where they're at. All of a sudden, the pastor there was had a they had a lot of favor with the pastor, but for some reason, the pastor's heart kind of shifted and said, eh, "I don't." Well, listen, that's God turning the heart of a leader, right? Because the wilderness journey is the testing point. How are faithful are you where you are right here? Are you following me? God turns the hearts of leaders. He turns, amen. All right. So, but many Christians are more concerned about their comfort zones and they put little importance on their heart. They put very little importance on their character, very little importance on their spiritual well-being. Amen. We can't do that. I can assure you of this, that God will take you around the mountain in the wilderness, on the testing grounds, as long as it takes to do this, to purify you, to get your attention, to let go of idols in your life. Amen? Oh, money. Money is, is a huge one. Some have calls, some watching online right now. I don't. Maybe some in here. You feel a call on your life, but... That money's just too darn good, you know? How are we going to do this, right? Mm-mm. Money. Oh, the enemy loves to use the money thing to keep people out of the will of God. Amen? Deuteronomy. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8. See, I was at the point where I was willing to throw it all away for the kingdom of God. I, I mean, you know, throw away the worldly stuff so I could gain the kingdom of God. So I could, so I could be in the perfect will of God. See, it has to be a desire on the inside of your heart so strong. You're like, the world has nothing for me. This world is trash. Amen? The world system is trash. It has nothing for you. Amen? When it comes to the point of you taking your last breath, you're not going to wish you made an extra 10 bucks at working overtime, somebody. When you're taking your last breath, it's not going to matter how much you have in your bank account. You're going to look back, and I'm telling you right now, you're going to look back and say, what did I do for God? What did I do for God? Amen. What did I do that has eternal value? You can start right now. Today is a wake-up call for all of us. Amen. Deuteronomy 8.1. Look at this. It says, this is about the children of Israel here going around the mountain. Every commandment, God says, which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers. All right. So we got to be careful to obey God's commands. And do do you know this? The Holy Spirit is speaking to us every day. The Holy Spirit's trying to lead you every day. You feel a nudge to do something, that's the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. Do it, amen? Amen. When you don't feel like it, do it. When you don't feel like doing it, take a moment, count the cost. Count the cost, say count the cost. Sin and disobedience will cost you and delay your God-given destiny on this earth. God doesn't just want you to go into the good land. He wants you to possess it. Say, I need to possess it. 
Now listen to this. How can we turn that into a New Testament thing, right? How can we apply that to us in the New Testament? Here, right here. God doesn't want you to just know what the Word says. He wants you, uh, He just doesn't want you to know His will. He wants you to possess His will in your life. He wants you to possess it. Now look at verses 2 and 3. And you shall remember that I, the Lord your God, led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you, to know, here it is, what was in your heart, whether you would keep His commandments or not. So He humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not not know, nor did your fathers know, that He might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by, by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. So verse 2 tells us, The purpose of the wilderness journey is to humble us because pride comes before a fall. Amen? You start, what is pride? Pride says, I don't need God. I can do this myself. Look out, my friend. You're about ready to fall. Amen? All right? He he wants to know whether you would keep his commandments or not. James, I'm stirring you up. Here's an opportunity here. Here's an opportunity. James, can you hear my voice? James, do you see my will in this horrible job over here? This horrible pay? Do you see me, James? Do you see me? Yes, Lord, I do. I quit that job. Come on, baby. I know there's a transition point. Are you following me? Do you hear his voice within the voice? Do you hear his voice with opportunities that come your way? Amen? God's commandments are his stepping stones. They are the pathway to blessings in your life. And if you will follow them, you will be blessed. And get this, you will be blessed without sorrow attached to it. See, the world has a lot of stuff, but there's sorrow attached to it. Because they're disconnected from Christ. Amen? If you will follow that, follow the, the commandments of the Lord, you will be blessed and you will have those blessings. If you forsake the commandments of God, get this, you're on your own. You're, you're at the mercy of whatever the world and the devil and the flesh throw your way. Verse 3 goes on to tell us that the wilderness journey is the place where God is trying to... Oh man, this relates so much to my life. God is... is The wilderness journey is a place where God is trying to get you to rely on Him. You want to know something? The year and a half we were in that, we we had no lack. We got four kids. Are you following me? Come on, somebody. Where is is faith? Where is is the body of Christ's faith? Where's the sold-outness in them, right? Where's the fire of the Holy Ghost on the inside of them? Come on. Not in our natural abilities, not in our bank account, not in natural circumstances, but in God, in His Word. Amen? Allow God to be your source. Do what you can do in the natural, but ultimately it comes down to this. Trust God to be your source. You need to be where you got to be. There's a, is there, there's a place called there. Are you there where God wants you to be? Because that's where the raven's going to come and feed you. Are you hearing me? God told the prophet, he said, go to the river. He said, go there. And the raven's going to feed you there. Guess what? If he wasn't there, he's not going to get fed. Come on. Verse 4. 
Your garments, listen to this, your garments did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. Can you believe that? God took absolute supernatural care out of all of them in the wilderness. You know what's even more interesting? Listen to this, that they were disobedient and hardened hearts, but God still provided for them. But guess what? They went around that mountain for 40 years, 40 years complaining. Come on, somebody. We need to start believing in the power of God. We need to start believing in the goodness of God. Look at verses 5 and 6. You should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord your God chastens you. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear or reverence him. My goodness. So the chastening of the Lord happens in the wilderness. You know what the word chastening means? Correction. Correction. You feeling down? You feeling depressed today? There's some kind of a disconnection in the anointing. Because if you're connected, the anointing's flowing. The oil of joy should be flowing in your life. If there's a, there's a disconnection, if the joy of the Lord is not in your life, there's a disconnection. You're disconnected from Him right now. Are you following me? If God didn't love us, He would let us walk blindly in the dark in this evil world. Are you following me? Parents, you correct your children, don't you? They do something wrong. Why? Just to be mean? No, because you love them. You want them to walk in line uh, and be safe and, and be blessed. Amen? That's what God wants. Listen, our Heavenly Father is not a child abuser. Any correction that He gives us is for our good. He, like I said, He is the most falsely accused being on the face of this earth. God, why are you doing this to me? Why'd you give me this cancer? He didn't. He took it on the cross. Come on, somebody. He took stripes on his back for your healing. But listen, even in the midst of that sickness, disease that maybe you're dealing with today, guess what? This is a test. Not from the Lord, but it is a test. And the Lord's watching how you're handling it. Come on, somebody. He's given us His Word and His Holy Spirit to lead us on this earth. Now look at verses 7 through 9 here. So I'm getting close to finishing. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey. A land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, no lack. In which you will lack nothing. A land whose stones are iron and out of those whose hills uh, you can dig copper. Man, oh man. The main purpose is spoken right there of the wilderness journey. It's found right there. Here it is. The Lord is trying to bring us into a good land, which is his will for your life. Your destiny for your life. That's the whole point of the chastening of the Lord, the correction of the Lord. That's the whole point of the Lord trying to humble you. Because listen, he, the Lord knows if there's pride in you, He can't take you into that good land. There's spiritual laws on this earth, as they talk about all the time. And one of them is the law of humility and pride. If you're gonna you, if you're gonna walk into the will of the Lord, you have to be humble. If we're gonna, if this church is gonna, uh, you know 
head up and, and be used in a mighty way, in a mighty revival, we better stay humble. Amen? We need to stay humble. There's no room for pride. The moment pride comes in, the anointing is cut off here. It's cut off. Amen? And we need to be smart enough to know it and recognize when it tries to creep up. Amen? But if you will pass the test of faith... God has a blessing for you that you can't even comprehend right now. Cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Humble yourself and make the needed changes in your life. Remain faithful to Him. Amen? If you will cherish the Word of God and take it to heart, you will move into that good land of blessing. Now, on your own, you can read verses 10 through 20 later on, but it gives a very stern warning that if you receive those blessings, listen, if you receive those blessings and forget your walk with God, and you stray from His Word. That if you try to think it's your own power that got you those things, guess what happens? Back to the wilderness journey. And that which God gave you, He can surely take away quicker than you can, you can even imagine. Just as quick as those, as those blessings came in, He can take them away when you stray in your relationship with the Lord. The key is found, what I preached a few weeks back in John 15, is to abide, stay connected to the true vine, the Lord Jesus Christ. Keep Him in your thought life. Keep Him in your, your speaking. Keep Him in your heart. Amen. Obey Him. Without Jesus at the center of your life, God-given dreams and aspirations will just fade away. We pass the test by staying faithful to Him, by giving praise to Him in our trials, giving glory to Him and honor, live your life according to the Word of God. And know this, that you are nothing without God. I am nothing without Him. Amen? We are nothing without Him. Anything we have, anything that's good, it's from Him. Amen? So I want to encourage every person in this place and watching online around the world right now, stay faithful to Him in your life no matter what comes your way. Because listen, seasons change, but God never changes. His Word never changes. And when you take your last breath on this earth, you will be glad that you did. You'll hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen? Let's stand up in this place. Thank you, Lord. Now, maybe there's someone in here, you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. Today is the day of salvation. Don't leave this building without making Him Lord. If that's you, I want you, I want you to meet me in the corner there. After the service, I want to pray with you to become born again. Come on, life is too short. Life is just, you just don't know when your last day will be. I'd love to say, yeah, 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 you're going to live till you're 70. Listen, you don't know that. Meet me in that corner and let's pray for you to get born again. Now, maybe there's someone here you... You, you know, you got saved a long time ago, but you've fallen away from him. You've been in this wilderness journey and you're the one that's been complaining. You've been griping and you feel disconnected. You're in that place where there is no joy in your life. I want you to meet me over here. Let's just rededicate to the Lord. Let's reconnect to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, maybe there's someone in here. You've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. Jesus said, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. That's talking about the Holy Spirit baptism. If you've never received that experience, meet me over there. Let's talk about it and let's pray you through it. Amen. Had a guy yesterday at the men's meeting. He said, can I talk to you in your office? Sure. He was hungry to receive the Holy Spirit baptism. And he did and he prayed in tongues for the first time. If you want to receive that experience, you come forward. Now, if you need a prayer for healing, a family member, or anything else, I'll stay here as long as we need. 
to pray with you today. But Lord, I thank you for what you have done. Lord, I pray right now for any person in this place that has been going through that wilderness journey. And this is this has brought clarity to them. This has brought clarity. They said, wow, this is exactly what I'm going through. And I know there's people here, else you wouldn't have me preach this today. Lord, I pray right now that you would minister to them, that you would show them areas. Lord, make the change. I pray there would be a shift that you would open doors for them, Lord God. That, Lord God, that that retest, give them that retest today. Open another door for them that, Lord, maybe a door that they slammed shut in the past. They said, man, if I had that opportunity again, I will take it. Lord, open another opportunity for them. Give them another chance. Give them a retest. And we thank you for it today. Bless them, protect them, provide every need for every person in this place. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. All right, Tuesday prayer on the phone. Go to livingwaterschapel.org, get the number, or uh, Wednesday night prayer here. Have a great week. Is there anything else I need to mention? Good? All right. Hey, welcome. Thanks so much, visitors, for coming. We love you. Come on back. Have a great week, everyone. God is good. Amen.